Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Hi guys, can you please raise a topic for me? In the interest of full transparency, I am a vegan and have a bit of skin in the game when it comes to this debate. But I was away on holidays with my family three weeks ago. My children wanted to, or should I say begged, to go to the local theme park, Stroke Zoo. As is the case nowadays, as many zoos can't sustain themselves just having animals anymore. Look, I'll be honest. The zoo park, a zoo and park was beautiful, well maintained, and the animal enclosures were very decent and decent sizes, but they were still enclosures. My son and daughter really enjoyed the day, to be honest, they were more interested in the other attractions like the roller coasters than seeing the actual miserable sad animals as they were uh, pacing around these enclosures. It was very sad to see the animals like the elephants, the tigers, the lions, the alligators and many others out of their natural environment. And I know people will say these animals are raised in captivity and know no better, which is fair comment, but what, what, that still doesn't make it right. Elephants are restricted to a few hundred metres where, in nature, they walk for over 50 miles a day. I do remember you saying before Nile on the show that the UK government or the Labour Party certainly had suggested closing zoos over a 50-year period. And I think that's a wonderful idea, as I believe it's an outdated concept. I'm an animal lover and I know the conservation argument now, but there is little or no evidence that animals in zoos will save a single species from becoming extinct. Can you please discuss it? The pros and the cons. Uh, yeah, we will discuss it. And that's the argument, is it? Is it an outdated concept? Is it an outdated concept? Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't want to have a go at Dublin Zoo or Photo Island. I think they're wonderful. Uh, and, you know, they're lovely places to bring the kids and I get all that. You know, and I'm not having a go with the staff that work there. They do a wonderful job and there's no doubt they really care about the animals. But is it the right idea? Is, it, is the concept, which is a Victorian idea, by the way, uh, zoos. It was a time when we didn't have the Discovery Channel, when we didn't have David Attenborough, when we didn't have all of those things. Zoos were a Victorian idea to show people animals that they would never, ever see in their lives. Little kids could eventually get to see a tiger. Up to that point, they only saw pictures pictures of it or drawings of it because they didn't, they've never seen a tiger. Now we can watch it in full HD on a 75-inch screen on your, in your front room with David Attenborough rubbing them. You know what I mean? Or if you want to, you can jump on a flight to Kenya or wherever you want to go or somewhere in Africa where you might see these animals, these exotic animals in their natural habitats or certainly in safari parks like Kruger National Park and places like that which are amazing places, by the way which generally keep animals in their own environment and you're basically the visitor. So I've no I think people would have objected to that because there's a there's a purpose to that. But is there a purpose to a zoo apart from entertaining us, keeping people coming in the door, footfall to make some money, I'm not saying they make money, but to feed the animals, to make money to feed the animals and to look after them. And then every now and again you see a story in the paper like the one this morning, I think it actually mentioned to me about a black rhino being born in captivity. You know, and saying, That's great, isn't that super? Is it super really? I mean, what's going to happen to the black rhino? It'll be used as a marketing tool to get people into the zoo or it'll be sold off to another zoo that's not doing too well to get people in their door. That's what will happen. It's not going to be released back into, uh, into the wild again. That's not going to happen because that doesn't happen. So really and truly, when you think about it, there's a psychology behind all this too and I was talking to Ashley about this morning. When we think about extinction of animals... And not ourselves, by the way, but mind you, we'll probably be extinct long before many of the animals on this planet. When we think about the extinction of animals, we think about the ones we know and the ones that we grew up with and the ones we were told about in school, like the tigers and the lions and the elephants and the giraffes and the rhinos and the alligators and the ones that we see all the time in the, on the telly and in the zoo. 
But there are millions more species in the world. And every single day, I believe the average is about seven to eight species become extinct. And new species evolve every single day. But we only seem to care about the ones we know about, like the elephants and the tigers and the the giraffes and all those ones that we actually know about. So we care about those ones. Do we care about the rest of them? Of course we do, but we just don't do anything about it. So what I'm saying to you is that animals do become extinct. That's something that we can't stop sometimes. Now, we can obviously stop poaching. We can do our best to make sure the natural habitats and environments are maintained and not destroyed. We could do our best for all those things. We could try to do our best and we could probably do a lot more. But can we stop them from becoming extinct? No, we can't. We can never do that. We can control that. We could certainly reduce the harm. So I don't think zoos do that. I think zoos are there so to educate is the argument, although there was research that suggests it doesn't educate, but there's other research that suggests it does, maybe. Uh, the number is 87 The question I'm simply asking you is, is the concept outdated? And yes, the UK government, the Labour Party, going back about seven or eight years ago, did say that they would like to see the, the extinction of zoos, so to speak, the close down zoos, but they couldn't close them down immediately. The animals would all die because they can't be put back into, capita- or into the wild. They just die. So they would have to phase them out over a 40 or 50 year period and no new animals be brought in, no more breeding and just slowly let the animals die off. Would you agree with that? Closing down zoos eventually over time. Joining me on the line is animal activist John Carmody. John, good afternoon to you. Hi, good, good, mor- good afternoon, Neil. Good morning. There you go. You only had a bad job, huh? <laughs> John, I mean, look, okay, we've got this interesting email. It does raise the conversation again about zoos. And look, you know, we've talked before, so much has been done because the media are highlighting, I suppose, uh, cruelty to animals in some cases, or animals used for the purpose of entertainment as in circuses. Uh, but this is a kind of whole new idea. Zoos, I mean, particularly the ones we have here, Dublin Zoo and Photo Island, wonderful places. Some of the zoos I've seen around the world are gorgeous. And this guy even says he's a vegan himself, he says in the email, but he does say that, you know, this particular zoo was beautiful, well-maintained, but they are still enclosures nonetheless. So, I mean, is there any, I mean, you see the pros and cons. Can you see any benefit to zoos, John, at all as an animal activist? You know what, um, no, I think it's important that you're picking up on this issue, and I think it's an issue that we're going to start hearing more and more about, and to be honest, I don't think we've heard enough of this, as a matter of fact. Uh, I think you know, for the most part, animal rights campaigners for years were were taking their time up with getting animals out of zoos, circuses, and fur farms, and all that other stuff. And we've all got we've got them out right now. But the next question is, um, like you've just rightly said, there should we continue on using animals in circuses? And here's the thing: I went to circuses when I was a kid myself. I think we all grew up. Anyone that's listening to your show right now, whether they're in the supermarket or in their work van, and they're listening to the Nile Boiling Show, the chances are they're probably been to circuses. Uh, sorry, zoos. And the chances are they're probably bringing their their kids now that there's you know there's no less restrictions. Um, they're probably going to go back to the zoo again. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: I I, I think because that they consider it a lovely day out, don't they? Well, it is a lovely day out for them, but it's it's not for the animals that are in these enclosures. And I have to say, when I was a young kid, I went there because I wanted to try learn about these animals. And the biggest thing for animal rights campaigners as well, Miles, is that most people won't get a chance to fly over to the Congo. But, but, they won't but, get a but, chance yeah, but can to I ask you a question, Amazon. John? I, is, I, I understand, but is it not a bit hypocritical what you've just said? You said to me just now, I went to the zoos when I was younger. Now, you're not that old, John. You're a fairly young man. You went to the zoos when you were younger because you wanted to learn about the animals. So is is that not the argument that people will turn around and say this I'm is the point of zoos? It. It's educational. People go to learn about the animals. 
here's the thing, and I'm glad you picked up on that one. It's it's not hypocritical, as a matter of fact. And I was thinking I was there five years ago, actually, on um, some kind of an investigation, which is another story, another day, actually. But um, here's the thing. They're, they're far from educational, first of all, because most of the animals that are in the zoos right now, they're not actually endangered animals. And there's no way in the world that they can be actually um, repatriated back to their own um, no. their own natural environment. That's not at all going to happen. The other thing here as well is because there's so much you can talk about with this issue, Nile, and I hope that we can do, spend a little while on it, at least in this conversation, is that the enclosures are pathetic. Um, you know, sometimes the gorilla enclosures, God bless their souls, um, they have glass enclosures where these animals are looking out on top of people gawking in on them. Um, the tigers, for instance, have these stupid um, kind of wire and concrete walls that are enclosing them, and those poor animals have nothing to do. They're lying about, they're walking up and they're walking down. And then if you want to talk about, and I'm only touching very lightly now for the record on this, but if you, if you want to talk about the educational aspect, which is an insult to these highly intrinsic animals, You'll often go up to an enclosure, and you know what? The more I talk about this, I think I'm going to go back to another couple of zoos to see what the situation is. Um, but the thing is, is that you're going to get these, like, literally A3 information stands in front of um, an enclosure that will tell you about the animal. And, and here's the thing. One click of a button on YouTube, on YouTube or Facebook or Google, and it can pull you up tons of pages of mm. of interesting okay. information in about relation these to the main thing, which It's is an insult to okay. them, as a matter of fact. Okay, they, they talk about conservation, and, and zoos have, <clears> okay, the, to their credit, the animals they have saved so far from extinction are listed, by the way, I'm looking at it on a website. I haven't heard of really any of them. Uh, Eastern bongos, uh, corabri, they've uh, quite a few frogs, by the way, different types of frogs, right? Um, golden line tamarins, armour leopards, amongst others, have been saved from extinction by zoos. None of the ones that we'd be very familiar with. So, um, there is some evidence that they have saved a small amount of animals from extinctions. Now, we, we do know that animals become extinct every single day of the week because there's millions of species of animals across the world and new animals evolve every single day of the week and we all, we all understand that. But do you, do you see anything in the conservation argument at all in saving animals from becoming extinct? No, I, I don't see anything. And it's, I suppose, in, in the grand scheme of things, I do not think that zoos are playing um, an adequate role in conservation. I think it's a market employee at this stage. I think there's a huge amount of money to be made. And specifically, they're constantly um, breeding um, young babies that pull in lots and lots of tickets. Um, huge amounts of crowds are pulling in. And these babies are not, um, you know, looked after and then transported over to a sanctuary in, in their natural, no. you know, company no, no, of no, they're, they're, used, they're used to get more footfall. Well, that's pretty much the situation. Course, and here's yeah. the thing as well. There is a huge... I only said just a couple of weeks ago, was, uh, something about deer has actually been hunted in Clarny Park, but we've absolutely now ransacked their environment. We've destroyed their forests, and we're still destroying their forests, as a matter of fact. We're talking about climate change the whole time, and there's one good thing that we could do, which is stop the trees being cut down at a, an un enormous rate in the Amazon alone. Well, mind but, you, the trees are being cut down to feed the vegans as well, by the way. That would be fair to say, John. You, I, you being I, one of them. No, I, I don't think... Well, well they do. They're, they're the clearing soy. forests in Brazil, aren't they, to grow soy? It needs to stop. Yeah. And, yeah, but there's a because lot of... Because vegans uh, have become more popular now and more people are eating, you know, soybeans and lentils and all these kind of things that vegans eat. And I'm not having a pop at you for being a vegan, I'm just saying. I'm pleased to, actually. Um, here's the thing, though. Anyone listening to your show today are probably saying that, like, I mean, do I have to be a vegan before I can... 
uh, you know, speak out against uh, animals in zoos. And the reality is, is that, no, you don't. I mean, it's, uh, you know, compassion needs to start from somewhere. And the one kind act um, is always just to okay. stay away and to not give your money to these fellows. Okay, well, stay there for a second, John, if you can. Let me just go to James as well. James, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, James? James, John puts across some very compelling arguments, and I'm not disagreeing with all of his arguments. And a lot of what he says makes perfect sense. For example, in relation to education, there is a published review in the Animal Studies Repository, which concluded to date there's no compelling or particular suggestive evidence for the claim that zoos and aquariums promote attitude change or education. Well, good afternoon to you now. Uh, yep, you too. Uh, what I'd say to you is this. Maybe Mr. Carmody thinks he knows more than David Attenborough. Maybe he does. Maybe he would have that arrogance and presumption. But David Attenborough is a supporter of zoos now. He's of course a he is. campaigner regularly for London Zoo. Mm-hmm. So if it's good enough for David Attenborough, it's good enough for me now. If he thinks that they're a good, they're several purpose, that's good enough for me because he's the god of wildlife now. And I don't think anyone would even dare presume to know as much as he does about wildlife now. So if David Attenborough supports them, that's good enough for me now. Is that, is that a fair argument, John? I mean, we, we would accept that David Attenborough is quite passionate about the animals. No man, under no, no circumstances would he accept any kind of cruelty to animals. Uh, and okay. he supports Sue's as far as I, I, A couple of things, Nyla. First of all, I don't claim to know it all. Secondly, I am not perfect. And thirdly, this is not about John Carmody, as a matter of fact. It never was. What I'm saying is, is that I've seen the underco- undercover investigations. I've, and, and more so, more than anything else, I've used a bit of cop on. I think anyone with a brain and with who, who were able to join the dots will be able to see the tigers pacing around in circles in a concrete enclosure are magnificent gorillas. If you look into their eyes, they're, they're so human-like, the silverback gorillas, um, and they're looking after their little young ones, sitting behind glass enclosures, staring at um, rubber pieces of wood, con- concrete brick walls painted with green and little pieces of tree. That's an insult to their intelligence, as a matter of fact. So, look, I do not know what the, the, um, the stance is with David Attenborough, but I would bet your bottom dollar that that man is doesn't think it's right largely to exploit these animals. I would imagine he's coming from a point where if there was maybe a possibility where there was one or two kind of true conservation mm-hmm. programs in place, and I say that with a heavy heart because I don't believe it instinctively, and I'm not David Attenborough, and I'll never be David Attenborough, but I just think a bit of cop on that these animals okay. don't belong in these zoos, and I think anyone listening today, most importantly, I hope to God that they can see that as well. Okay, I mean, James, James, there was a study there, a study of 35 species of carnivores, including brown bears, cheetahs, lions, and found that zoo enclosures were too small for the animals to carry out their normal routines, which led to problems such as pacing and more infant deaths, for example, in polar bears. Uh, they had an infant mortality rate of 65% due to the small enclosures. No matter how big the enclosure is, James, it's not going to be big enough for an animal. Obviously, uh, you or uh, Mr. Camney haven't been to Dublin Zoo recently. Oh, Dublin Zoo is beautiful. It's beautiful. I've spent millions, millions, millions absolutely, and it's gorgeous. Constructing a whole island. I'm not, I, I said that at the very start of the show, James, that I believe that as zoos go, Dublin Zoo, and indeed Photo Park as well, they're fabulous. And, and the people who work there really care about the animals. There's no doubt about that. But what we're talking about is the concept of zoos, not I, just I, particular I zoos. Wish, I only wish that all the animals in this country were as well looked after as the animals in Dublin Zoo. They are better looked after Let me tell you than this. the elderly in the nursing homes now. 
I only wish that I, when I when I reach the point where I'm not able to look after myself anymore, I won't be as well looked after as they are now. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I, I yeah, but James, I'm not going to put you in an enclosure and get people to pay money to see you. I, I won't be looked after as well as the elderly uh, or the, as an elderly person as the people in Dublin do. That is the truth now. That's not. I won't that's, get not home the, help. that's not the truth. I get James. a quarter of an hour of home help for once uh, once a day. I won't get the care that they get now. Uh, well, absolutely. Here's the thing on that one as well, and I need to knock that on the head because I was only saying it again just recently. Um, it's never been so easy for animal rights campaigners to talk about these issues now because we have to do very little justifying anymore. Anyone with a shred of cop on knows that all this exploitation and all this suffering is wrong. Where we need to now move the dial, and thankfully, as I've been saying only just recently as well, largely as a result of having these debates, these healthy debates, where we can hear from the, the, the listener and we can, we can trash out our arguments, as a result of having them over the years, there's been a huge and massive shift in public perception, in awareness, in consumers on the streets taking action. Just another second, if I can, Jim. No, well, let me tell you this, as a matter of fact, from someone who's been in this whole city for quite a long time, actually, is that there is no more justifying the the, the suffering and the the exploitation of these highly intelligent animals. But you're using those vague terms like suffering and exploitation when it is fair to say, John, that a lot of zoos around Europe and around the world treat the animals extremely well and care about the animals. So that's not the well, point that I'm making today, John, and certainly that's not the point James is making. They're going to feed them and they're going to wash out their enclosures. Yeah, but you're, you're, yeah. There, there are zoos around the world and um, without a shadow of a doubt the animals are exploited and the animals are treated very badly. But that wouldn't be the case in every single zoo. I'm talking more so about the, oh, the concept of it. And James, I suppose the point I was making, James, is you know, in your day as a young child, you know, going back 60 or 70 years ago, whatever it was, James, I don't want to insult you, uh, go, back, <laughs> go back a long time ago. I mean, you, you stood there in awe of this tiger in a cage yeah. and a lion because you didn't have a TV. You couldn't see them on television. Not the same thing now. I know, but what, what, what I'm saying is though, the kids nowadays have so much more access to information and videos and high-definition screens. It's not the same as seeing in the wild. I could say to you, why do you bother having a dog? You can watch dogs on television every day. Why keep a dog now? Well, but the, dog, well, the difference is I own the dog. I don't own the gorilla or the, the tiger. There's a bit of a difference. You see, Dublin Zoo spends millions every year sending money out to places like India and Africa for conservation. And the reason they send the money out is to pay the park rangers to protect the animals that are being threatened in the wild. Absolutely, and governments should be doing that anyway. We don't, I mean, with respect to Dublin Zoo, and again, I, I, I want to reiterate, because I know people who work in Dublin Zoo, it's a wonderful zoo and a wonderful place to visit. But what I'm saying to you is, you don't need zoos to provide money. There's, there are governments in the world who could easily set aside money for that well, if we really made the effort. Don't, you don't need a zoo for that. The governments in Africa don't set money aside because they're all corrupt regimes now. They're all, you, don't you know that? Here, the biggest problem we have as well is this, and, I, and, and, I've, and I've said this so many times before from being a campaigner trying to offer alternatives to people as well as that, because the, the one thing you don't want to be doing as, an, as a campaigner on any issue is first of all dictating and telling someone what to do. We've had too much of that, okay? And, I, and I've always try to avoid doing that over the years when you go up to the likes of Dublin Zoo I can see why it's going to bring people up there I can see why it's going to bring families up there on a Saturday afternoon and a Sunday afternoon because mm. it's a nice day out John isn't it it's a, it's a lovely day out you can't wrong that as a matter of fact you buy your ticket you go through and those no, and, and, and take into consideration sorry for interrupting you what James is saying 
that as much as you can see them on television, or you, if you really want to get on a plane, you can, uh, if you have the money. Uh, but, you know, it's not the same as seeing the elephant in the flesh and Here's watching him walking around and feeding off his hay and everything else. It's not quite the same, John, the point, James. Here is the problem that we face, Royce. Like, as, as we all know, we're getting one shot in this life. It's not a curtain call, so the chances are we're not probably going to come back again. So, and we won't really get much chances to see all these hugely intelligent animals in their natural environment unless we're lucky enough to be able to be booking tickets to fly over to the Congo and to go here and to go there into the savannas and to see all these animals in the natural environment. So the problem really is is that the next best option for most people is understandably they're going to go to um, uh, uh, like for instance Photo Wildlife Park or a zoo and they're going to go down to see the animals there. The biggest problem is is that the conditions, um, that it's not the natural environment. Well, of course, it's not. We know it's not the natural environment. I've take a break anyway. Stay there. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Numbers 087 That's 087 John Carmody believes the concept of zoos is outdated. We should stop doing it. Now, he's not suggesting, by the way, we should stop doing it tomorrow. She couldn't do that. The animals have to have somewhere to go and somewhere to live and you can't release them back into the wild. So if you were to turn around and say it's an outdated concept we need to get rid of it, it would have to be done over a 50 or 100 year period where the animals would be allowed to die off no new animals would be bred for the zoos. Um, I want to know what you think. You heard James's argument um, that, you know, zoos make money which they send off to Africa, for example, for conservation. Uh, they're very important for education, for children uh, to see these animals uh, in their, well, what are best, I suppose, described as natural habitats because certainly Dublin Zoo have spent millions, absolute millions, over the last few years to make it probably one of the best zoos in Europe. Mark, how are you doing? You're on Ireland's Classic Kids. Hi, Niall, and everybody that is saying at the moment. How are you? Good. Mark, what would you like to say? Um, I picked up on the, the subject when we, you know, when we started talking about the the, the dude that's not vegan, you know, she's vegan, but she, you know, yeah. has a... a, a uh, dog in the race, as they say, right? Um, I'm not actually vegan, but I'm kind of with her on when it comes down to the zoos and circuses, use animals, um, and everything that involves entertainment and animals in the same kind of thing, like including um, dog racing and horses racing. I know it's a bit controversial because it's Ireland and, you know, yes. it's all about that. Like, um, so animals being used for a perp- for the purpose of entertainment, essentially. Yes. Yes. Any any sort of uh, you know animal that's been kept in a you know any sort of captivity. You know, obviously we do have the pets and we fe- uh, you know feature them in uh, movies, in commercials, whatever. But dogs are a different thing. They well, they're domesticated. They're, yes, that's a different yeah, situation. They're, they're domesticated ten thousand years ago. Okay, so so the, getting back to zoos and the concept of zoos. What about the argument that James is making? Uh, firstly, that David Attenborough supports zoos, and of course, we all respect David Attenborough's opinion on everything when it comes to animals, because he is probably the foremost um, expert when it comes to the animals, certainly in the wild. Um, and not only that, that they provide a valuable source of entertainment, um, or not entertainment, uh, education, and also that you know people it changes people's attitudes towards animals. For example, when you go and see them in, in the flesh. On the education part, so I'm not supporting the, the zoos. I don't go to zoos. I don't go to circuses, yet I still love the, you know, idea of wild animals being left alone. That's why I'm, you know, here to begin with. So I'm, I don't need a zoo, I don't need to see them in flesh in order to be supportive of the whole concept. I'm against poaching and I know what's going on in Africa now. And a safari is a whole lot of, like, a different thing. Mm-hmm. You get onto, like, a really nice, you know, safe car with a cage on top, whatever, and you go in there 
as the visitor. I, like in Kruger National Park and places like that, yes. Yes, I know not everybody can go and see that, but not all the learning is kind of hands-on and empirical. At the end of the day, you learn about the way physics works, chemistry works, or other, you know, any other thing mm-hmm. that you learn in school. Not everything is hands-on. You don't get to go to space when you learn about Mars, right? Okay, okay I'm running out of time, but it's a fair point. James, you don't have to go to space to learn about Mars. So why do you need to go to a zoo to learn about an animal? I can assure you now there are tens of thousands of single women living in Ballymun and Farmouth with two or three children. They will never get to Kruger Natural Park now. They'll never get to South Africa uh, under no circumstances now. That's no. the only way their children, poor children, can see these animals in, the, in their natural, you know... Uh, well, they're not a natural habitat, state. really, are they? Uh, uh, what I would say is this now. They're as close to the natural habitat as you're going to guess. These animals are born into the zoo. They're not looking up computers saying, oh, I should be in Kenya. I should be in India. They're born into yeah, that. Yeah, but, that, nat- but that's, that's not that. an argument, James. They have natural instincts. No, no, no. They're, they're born into that home. And so you don't, believe, you don't believe an elephant that's raised in captivity has, still has a, has a natural act or instinct to, mar- to walk. For example, elephants walk 50 to 60 miles per day. You don't believe they still have that natural instinct. No, no. That a tiger or a lion doesn't still have the natural instinct to hunt. And you don't believe they have natural instincts? No, they're born into what they know now. Ah, that's James. Come on, you're an intelligent man. Yes, well, well, so what nature. you're saying to me is it's not nature, it's nurture when it comes to an animal. Animals have DNA as well, so they have natural instincts. Well, if, if they were in Africa now, what they'd be doing was be do, they'd be driving ma- massive logs through the jungle. That's what they're used to there. But not all and of them. Well, certainly not all of them. they doing it now. Okay, but, okay well, stay there for a second. I want to go to Marley as well. Marley are in Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Marley? How you doing, Marley? What would you like to say? Um, I just wanted to say on the point um, that I just think that animals in zoos like, cannot, can be compared to prisoners in prison. So, like, I know there's a point... That they um, are treated a bit better, probably. A lot better now. Yes. Okay, that's a fair point. But what I wanted to say was the other man who was saying that they're well looked after and they're... James, they, yeah. Yeah, that they'd be cared for better than he would as an elderly... I just think that, like, you can't compare that because animals don't want to be in the zoos. They're being held against their will in there, um, just like prisoners are, but they've committed no crime. So, in other words, they have have their liberty taken away. Absolutely, and their only crime is being born, you know, Mm -hmm. for human greed. So, that's just what I wanted to say. Yeah, it's a fair point, Jane. Their only crime is being born for human greed for our entertainment. Those animals in the zoo are working for their brothers and sisters in Africa now. Ah, we just That's what they're doing. James, James, with the greatest respect, I've looked at all of the evidence in relation to conservation. As much as there's a few frogs saved and a few small animals that we probably never really heard of most of us. Oh, snapping turtles, I've heard of those. All right. Uh, Very few animals have been saved from extinction because of zoos. And if he supports zoo, that should be good enough for everyone now. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.